Hello and welcome to 20 Tim Minutes, a podcast that focuses on mental health in a serious but yet humorous way. Listen as I interview a wide variety of guests where we show our support as well as sharing our own personal struggles and stories with mental health. I am your host, Tim McCarthy, and now it's time to talk about it. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I am Tim McCarthy, host of the podcast 20 Tim Minutes. Today I am with Felicity. Felicity, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. I'm so glad we met up. So do a little introduction on you and who you are so everyone uh, can understand what this interview is going to be about. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm Felicity. I am a multifaceted creator, I guess you could say. Um, I'm a certified nutrition counselor. I'm a yoga instructor. I'm a drummer of over 15 years and I guess you could say overall musician. I make electronic music and DJ a bit. Um, and I was an adult model for many years. I still do modeling, but I kind of bowed out of that industry and I focused more on just my own content and um, doing some alternative work. But yeah. I'd say we start from the beginning then and get that, uh, get that started. So in the adult industry, what age did you start that at? Mm, I mean... I'd say it started mainly about like 17, 18. I was doing, I guess you could say more uh, subjective modeling, you know, more like, like nudity and things like that. And then it stemmed into dancing and webcam and then it stemmed into porn. Um, so just, you know, video work. So I'd say like officially around 19, 18, 19. Yeah. So what was the thought process of starting all that? Uh, there wasn't a lot of it. There wasn't a lot of thought process. That was, <laughs> that was the main thing. Um, it was a lot of, a lot of impulsiveness, um, you know, a lot of persuasion to make fast money at a young age. Um, but also, I guess you could say curiosity. You know, um, I was at a point in my life where I was exploring more of my feminine energy, you know, my sexual expression, I guess you could say. And right. um, I was getting more attention. Um, I was kind of blossoming, I guess, like into myself. And I, yeah, I was getting offers, I guess, to, to make money for it. So it was hard to say no at that age, you know. How, um, like, who do you contact? Did someone contact you? Are you reaching out? Like, how does someone start into that? I mean, it could be both, right? So for me, I was doing photo shoots first, right? Like, mm -hmm. and that's how I first got comfortable more so with my body, like on camera. Um, and I was doing a lot of photo work just with friends, like with people I worked with, like local companies, you know, and I just started doing more subjective things um, or suggestive, I should say, you know, um, that involved nudity and things like that. Um, and I felt very comfortable in front of the camera. I mean, there was parts of me, I was a little self-conscious, right? I mean, I guess anyone could be, but um, overall I felt pretty comfortable. It was easy. And then the first time I got offered to actually shoot adult work, it was kind of funny how it happened. Um, but I was in San Diego, I was working at a car show and I was like a trophy girl, right? And I got approached by basically some, I don't want to say creep, but some creepy guy that was scouting, you know, and <laughs> Not a creep, I, but a creepy guy, 
Yeah. I mean, you know, this wealthy guy that owns a um, website for shooting first time girls and mm. he offered me a good deal of money, you know, for the first video. And I gave me, he gave me his card and I flew back to New York and I thought about it for a long time, uh, maybe like four or five months. Cause I was not really sure if I wanted to go down that route, but then I was impulsive. I really wanted, you know, an extra five grand and I wanted to buy this new motorcycle. And at the time, you know, I was making shit money working at Trader Joe's as a kid in college, you know, so that type of money to make so easily seemed like, whoa, I don't know. I, I think I could probably do this. And next thing I know, you know, I'm flying on a plane back to California and I'm in a hotel shooting my first video. And it was so easy. Like it was so easy for me. It was almost kind of hard to believe it. Um, and, you know, they flew me first class. They treated me like a little princess. And I was like, wow, I could get used to this. And, you know, I'll never forget like that feeling of them handing me five grand in my, in my hand. And I never had that much money at once. And I'm straight like, cash, straight cash, you know, and I'm 19 years old. So it was kind of intense. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I feel like any young kid that's faced with that is going to feel impulsive to make a decision that they're not going to think about the repercussions down the road, you know? And unfortunately they also lied to that company, which they got sued down the road. The owners are in jail now, but oh. they leaked, they leaked a lot of personal information of um, the girls that they shot and uh, it was this whole lawsuit um so um that was kind of unfortunate to i guess like deal with that for the first video but right yeah i mean they lied and said some bullshit like it wasn't gonna get aired in the u.s or something like you know but anyways yeah creepy so. guys lying that's weird mm. now I gotta, I gotta think that you were nervous about getting into this, like, like family or friends finding out. And like, is it just because of the money? You were like, ah, fuck it, let's do it now. Yeah, I mean, I was, I lied. I didn't tell anyone. I mean, I think I told like one of my closest friends, and I accidentally told um, <laughs> my my local town drug dealer, who was like a good friend of mine, but had a big mouth. And yeah, he accidentally, I think, slipped it in front of other people and it got word out you know that i was shooting some adult stuff and and i just lied and i said oh i'm doing a photo shoot i'm doing a photo shoot i just lied and lied and lied and i kind of dug myself in this hole um and it didn't come out for months so i kind of forgot about it but then it did and it surfaced and it was horrible i mean i'll never forget the feeling all of a sudden like this wave of anxiety coming over me realizing like oh my god this is out on the internet and now everyone's going to see it. It was pretty terrifying. And um, I don't wish that type of feeling upon anyone because it ruined my life for a period of time. And I mean, I didn't shoot anything again for over a year because I thought I made a huge mistake. And I felt like I was the, you know, the laughing stock of my hometown. Right. Um, and that's kind of what inspired me to get the fuck out um, of, of my hometown on Long Island and move out to California and start a new life. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely things I kind of wish I could go back in time and reevaluate and think about, but it happens. And I kind of just made the most of it since then, but right. it was a weird way to sort of get into an industry. You know what I mean? What, uh, what did you do with that year and a half off for money? 
I just continued my job like at Trader Joe's. And I mean, at the time, like I was studying nutrition and health science. And so I was working as like a, a rep and a, a sales rep for a lot of different nutrition companies. And um, yeah, but I kind of just told myself, like I was embarrassed at myself. Like I thought, wow, I made a huge mistake, you know, and I was, I tried to like rectify my decisions. Um, but then I was trying to make this relationship work at the time and um, just kind of normalize my life. But people just treated me differently, like after that happened. And it was always like this elephant in the room. Anytime I went anywhere, if I was at a party or, or like people just, I could almost feel them like talking shit behind my back, but right. like no one, you know what I mean? And there was a lot of social media harassment, um, threads on Facebook, making fun of me, like just, just terrible stuff like that. You know, people harassing my family. Um, and then it, it, that was just the first time. But like when I decided down the road, like a year later to shoot again, cause I was getting more offers coming in because I guess these companies saw this, comp uh, this video come out and I don't know, it's crazy how the internet works, you know, and there's that ripple effect. And, um, the second video I shot that the feedback and, and the aftermath of that was even amp more amplified than the first one. Um, and, everyone was talking shit, you know, I mean, just phone calls, like people were calling my grandma, people were sending stuff in the mail to my parents' house. Like, people, you know, or just random people? Both. I mean, mainly people I know, but anonymously, you know, but it was just, it was rough. Like it was pretty brutal the way people responded. And I mean, I get it. Like you put yourself out there, right. And you're, of course you're going to be judged, but I wasn't expecting people to be that mean, you know, um, yeah. I guess, yeah, you know, I guess because like, I'm not the type of person, if, if someone chooses to do something with their life, right, that's a little um, eccentric, you know, or out there, taboo, like whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, okay, I might be like, wow, okay, that's, you know, good for them. Or, wow, wow I couldn't do that, you know, but I wouldn't actively seek out to make that person feel miserable like I wouldn't attack someone just because first off I don't care to I mean like I don't have I'm not gonna waste my time making fun or criticizing or bullying someone else you know so I couldn't believe like the amount of energy that people were putting into attacking me um yeah I'm not a big fan of that like why does anyone give a fuck about what anyone else is doing they're like teehee like she's in the adult industry like who like shut up being a kid yeah I mean, I get it. It's like you kind of come from a small town, like people talk shit and like Long Island, there's a lot of people that just have attitudes. And like, oh, I don't really? know. <laughs> in Long Island attitudes? <laughs> Holy shit. That's news to me. I mean, um, and I was already, I guess you could say like popular, like in my, in my town, you know, cause I played sports, I worked in music, like, you know, I played in bands, like people knew who I was. So oh, I so guess... you couldn't, you couldn't sneak away anyway. So that you were that popular that like, they go, like, oh, where'd she go? And it's like, well, go on the yeah. website. And I mean, I was very active on social media, like when I was young. So, I mean, I still am, but like at that point I still had a Facebook profile and, you know, was very active on Facebook. So, um, I understood, I guess. But at the same time, it really made me take a broader look at the friends that I thought were my friends and just society in general. Like I lost a lot of hope 
in society at that age. Like I was very depressed and sad and it, I was just really surprised, you know, that like people treated me the way that they, they, they did. And um, I realized who my true friends were. So in, in retrospect, you know, it is what it is. It's probably a good thing. Like I realized who the genuine people in my life were, but um, I felt very outcasted. Like I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm not, I'm not going to try to prove myself to these motherfuckers and I'm going to start my own life and, and move out. So that's what I did. But um, I kind of felt like I didn't really have a choice, you know, like, I mean, of course I do, I had a choice, but I felt like if I were to stay home and to continue to live my life, I would have probably wanted to kill myself, you know? Right. So in my mind, I'm like, well, stay and burn or start a new life and, and enjoy myself, you know, and just, and fuck everyone else. So that's kind of what I did, but it was a scary jump, you know, at 20, 21 years old to just uproot your life and move to a completely different side of the country. Right. I feel like that age too, like you don't give a fuck anyway. Like, like I was an asshole, like 19 to 23. Then you start like learning. You're like, oh, life is kind of fucking shitty and people are shitty. So I can imagine that's where it started for you for like probably mental health issues where, like you said, you got surprised by how shitty people are. And, and that's definitely going to weigh you down, especially with you're out there, you're putting yourself out there, people are finding out, talking shit. Um, so I couldn't imagine that. Did you ever turn to drugs? No, you know, I mean, I've always cared so much about my health that, um, no, I've never been like the type of person to abuse drugs or I don't have an addictive personality. Like, I don't even really drink alcohol. Um, you know, if anything, like, I look at drugs and substances as a way to enhance an already positive mental state, you know, like I try to use them as tools. I never really looked at it as like a way to escape. You know, I, I almost want, I, I like to deal with the pain, you know, like I want to deal with it because it makes me stronger when I do that. Um, and so I was going through a lot of bitterness at the time. Um, like I felt, you know, I was in such a mindset you know, I look back sometimes at like my journal entries because I've had journals my whole life, you know, and I look at like my blog posts and my journal entries and I'm like, wow, like there was just so much darkness in, in all my writing and it was powerful and it made sense. Like I understood why I was going through that, but it took a lot of inner work and self-reflection during the time. And I was on my own, you know, like I was completely on my own um, and I was super vulnerable you know, and my goal when I moved to California was to not, you know, become famous or make money really. Like it was just to find stability and be able to support myself, you know? And so that's what I did. And I just completely put my blinders on and focused on making money and working and like creating a name for myself. So I had no intimate relationships, you know, I didn't even have a lot of close friends. Like I, yeah, just I was going to ask that. I was going to say, who, did you turn to anybody during that period or no, you just, you were just in your lane. I spent a lot of time alone, like a lot. And like looking back, it was almost kind of sad how much time I spent alone. You know what I mean? I, I was fortunate. Like I had some close friends that helped me get my footing, you know, and then I found um, a house that I moved in with some other musicians and awesome. I started playing drums every day and I was hiking every day, but I was just shooting, working, like taking any job I could, you know, networking, like trying to go out every night and meet people. Um, and I mean, I was social, but like, I didn't really allow an, a lot of intimacy at that point in my life, like from like 21 to 24 there was like a good three years that I was just so in my zone. Um, I was lonely. Like it was really fucking lonely. 
looking back, but I felt like I had to do that, you know? Yeah. To start your career off. How many, um, how many movies or like, um, scenes have you done in your career? If you got to guess. I don't know. I mean, honestly, not as much as, as I guess people would think probably like probably under, I mean, under a hundred. Right. Sure. You know, but, um, not that much. Like I'd say like maybe under 75, 50, like something like that, you know? What time, what, uh, what age did you end your career for that? Like doing, doing sites or scenes or anything, but doing your own content. So it was kind of strange. Like I never really got to a point where I announced like, I'm done, you know, like I'm finished. Cause it was always this right. really weird mental hesitation to be like, am I really done? You know, because it, it's the type of industry where you can kind of step in and out. Um, I mean, well, you can to the extent that like, if the industry still wants you, it's always there. But a lot of times for a lot of performers, it just dries up and like, right. no, no one wants to shoot you anymore because either like they, they shot you enough or they just don't want you, you know, you're not what they, they, they want new, new performers. They want different stuff, you know, or, you know, maybe you're not going to shoot this content that they want. Um, so a lot of performers feel pressured to like step outside of their comfort zone and do stuff that maybe they normally wouldn't want to do. So like, I kind of, unfortunately shot some stuff in my early twenties that I really regret. Um, and a lot of it was like fetish sort of degrading, abusive stuff. Yeah. We um, keep going with that. I definitely wanted to touch base on that. Yeah. And like that really took a toll on me mentally. Um, and I didn't really talk about it until years and years later. Um, not because like, I don't identify myself as a victim. You know, I don't like that mentality because I chose to do it. But like, I felt pressured in a sense um, by my agents at the time who, you know, really told me, oh, this is going to get you such attention. And like, I was curious about it. Like, I wanted to kind of know what it would be like to feel in that role as a complete submissive, you know, um, because I never had that in my personal life. So there was that curiosity. And I feel like a lot of performers can relate to that because, you know, you do things sometimes on set that you really wouldn't in your personal life. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's like, a, it's a safe environment, right? And like, if you want to stop, you can stop. And like, you know, so you have that option. But I, down the road, I mean, Jesus, like now I would never even consider doing something like that. But I right. was so young and- the impulsiveness, right? Like in the money. And so I, I did some stuff that now I kind of cringe at, you know? Um, and, and I look at it and I was just like, wow, I got treated pretty terribly, you know? I mean, not, not even just like the actual footage, but like the, the way the companies treated me, the aftermath, you know? Um, so that's something that I've spoken a lot about, um, in different YouTube videos I made about, people that are considering doing that. And I'm just telling them like, look, think twice before you do that. Because once that type of stuff is out there, it's out there and it can really come back and haunt you. Do you know any others that did it that you talked to about that same company? Yeah, I know several girls, you know, some of them that I've I'm on friendly terms with, you know, that I know, and they all have similar experiences, you know, so it's just 
when you're in that zone, like, especially in the beginning of an adult career, you kind of like take anything you can get. Right. Because Mm -hmm. you're just like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta make a name for myself. I gotta make money. Like I, you just like, you're on this grind. And that's how I was like in my early twenties, I, I would literally just consider everything. Um, things that I would never consider in my personal life really, but I'm like, oh, well, it's a job. It's a job. It's a job, you know, like, and I'm an actress. So like, I, it's just a role. And, and I, but I didn't really realize like the mental ramifications that it was having on me. Oh yeah. Uh, You know what I mean? Um, Especially because like sex and sexuality, it's such a vulnerable thing. I mean, and and it's a sacred thing. Right. And like, when you do stuff like that, it kind of bastardizes it and you don't realize it at the time, but then like down the road, you like understand, wow, this this has affected me in a way that I didn't really realize like, you know, before at the time when I was actually doing it. Um, And that's, that's sad because a lot of people don't really deal with that. Well, they don't even realize maybe um, that a lot of the anxiety or intimacy issues that they might have are from their past, right? Like from doing stuff like that, but yeah. So yeah. So you had about like a, I think like a 20 minute video talking about it. It's really interesting to hear you speak on those incidences. Did you, did you work with them once or, or twice? And the, the second time, like what made you go back? It was just because of the money or did you, was it worse the second time? That's when you're like, what the fuck? Okay. So, I mean, yeah, I wanted to talk about this too, because there, there's a lot of people ask me about that. And I mean, I asked myself, but a lot of it, honestly, and I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses, but it was manipulation, like from that company. And that's the owners of that company are some of the most twisted, manipulative people I've ever met. Um, and they literally, I mean, would email me or, or cause I, you know, had their phone numbers, they text or call me and be like, Oh my God, you know, your video is the best. It's so amazing. Like you have to shoot another one. Like your fans love you. They adore you. You know, we'll, we'll give you in like a little extra money this time, like come on and do a round two. And like, they were always pressuring me to come back and, you know, I'll, I'll say it again. Right. Like when you're in that grind, it's kind of like, Oh, well I did it before. I mean, it's just some more money. Like maybe I'll do it again, you know, but I remember the second time I did that video, I felt so disgusted with myself after Like it was so different than the first time. Like the first time it was like, whoa, that was intense. You know, that was mm-hmm. wild. Um, I was almost proud of myself the first time I did it. Cause I'm like, I can't believe I was able to do something like that, you know, and, and I'm fine, you know, but um, the second time around, I mean, I felt so sick to my stomach, you know, and I kind of realized like, these guys are just using me because I'm one of the most attractive girls that's ever worked for them. And I'm, I'm allowing myself to get degraded on camera and yeah, people, some fucking twisted people like that because it's like an attractive woman's like allowing a man or men to just abuse her, you know? So I can see like the psychology and the psychology behind it, like why people would find that sexual or arousing, but it's kind of sad that like that exists, you know, because like you want to make someone feel good sexually. Like that's kind of the point, right? Like with sexuality, like you want to share 
this, this good feeling that as humans we're able to experience. Right. So that type of videos, like to me, it's just really disturbing. Like now when I look back at it and think about it, um, it's definitely, it's definitely, uh, aggressive and, uh, it, it, it is pretty foul. So what I think about it with the psychology aspect of it, it's funny that you say that. Cause like as a young kid, like I would watch porn and like growing up. So like, say like anybody, you watch like a sex scene and they do something you're like, Oh, I want to try that. Like, I'm just some dude, like let's try that. So if like a 17 year old kid watches that video and he's like, Oh, that's how you treat women in the bedroom. And it's like, no dude, like you're going to go to jail. Totally. Totally. I mean, like, that's the thing. And, and I've like had a lot of personal guilt um in a sense that like i've contributed and like put that type of content out there because like the last thing i want to do is inspire someone to feel like oh maybe i should treat a woman like that like i want to feel like dominant and and have a sub submissive whore at my disposal you know like that's kind of the, the the vibe that that exists and um you know that that it took a lot of healing and, and awareness and kind of understanding myself, like what would even attract me to do that. Um, so that was years, honestly, of like self-reflection, you know, and it took me a lot of understanding myself and my own curiosity, but it is what it is at this point, you know, but like now I'm trying to just use those experiences to inspire other people to just have more thought, you know, before they do something like that. I, I find it interesting too because like YouTube comments are usually fucking ruthless. I would like the porn comments you see sometimes are root like do you ever read some of those and you're like, what the fuck is wrong with people? I mean, you know, it, it's it's hard to not want to sometimes. Right. Um, but like especially, you know, on like adult channels that I've put videos, there's a lot of people that call me a hypocrite and like, oh, you're a worthless whore, like, you know, just shut up and do what you're meant to do and suck right. dick or like like whatever. It's just like disgusting men. I mean I want to say people, but like 99.9% .9 of the people that are commenting are men. Right. So it's, it's hard for me sometimes to not like want to read it, but I have to just tell myself, like, look, these people that feel the need to, to make these terrible comments are people that are truly miserable with their own lives, or they've got some serious issues going on. So I can't take it personally, you know, and I have a pretty thick skin at this point in my life. Um, but when I upload YouTube videos, um, at this point, I usually just turn the comments off because like, I'm not, I'm not trying to have a debate with people. Like I'm just there to share my, my words and my experience. And you take what you take, what you want from it. You know, like, I'm not trying to argue. I'm like just sharing an experience and like people can take what they want, you know? Um, and I, I just hate fucking drama on the internet. Like it's just such yeah. a waste of time, you know? It, yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, what I was going to say too, it's, um, so what I can do is I'll go on the comments. So if you see 20, 10 minutes, I'll be like, I have a raw uncut video of Felicity. Go to this website and it's, just, and it's, it's our interview. And we just like, we got you, you fuckers. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, like, whatever. I've just, I have to say, I mean, like working in the adult industry, it's really showed me a really nasty side of society. Oh yeah. Um, in a, in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, it's a lot to bear sometimes, but at the same time, like I chose to do it. So like, it is what it is. You know, I, I have to understand that and take accountability for my actions. And I do. Um, but I also think that people change and people grow and people learn from mistakes, you know, and I just want to help other people maybe avoid some of the things that I went through 
Yeah. Um, no, I like that a lot. I think we talked about that briefly before. It's like, uh, there's no mix- mistakes, only experiences. Do you, do you regret most of it or? I mean, that's a tough question, right? Like, yeah. because if I say all of it, that's basically saying, oh, I wish I want to do my life over. Right. Because like I spent a long time, like working in the hustle of, as a, you know, an adult performer. Um, but there's definitely scenes that I wish I didn't put myself through. Like, I wish I had said, you know what, this is not worth it. Like, this is not worth the curiosity. This is not worth the money. Um, no, you know what I mean? Like, this is, I don't need to experience this. Like, I wish I could have went back and, and not shot certain things. But that being said, if I hadn't gone through those experiences, I might not have been able to help other people, you know, because you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I was going to ask is like how many people you helped, but also like, what would you tell someone that came to you that wanted to get into porn that you were like, well, this is like the main thing Well, like that they wouldn't know. I mean, I get it all the time, you know, like I get emails or comments from people like, Oh, I'm like really thinking about getting in the industry, like men and women. And I, kind of just tell them like, look, it's your life. And if you really feel the calling to do that, like, okay. But I would take steps before making that whole leap. Right. You know, like maybe try being a webcam performer or, you know, doing nude modeling and like experiencing what it's like to be vulnerable and naked in front of a camera. Right. Before Mm -hmm. you decide to get content and put it on the internet for anyone to see. You know, because people do change their mind and their perspective about what they want out there, right? And like for me, it's too late, right? Um, but for someone that has never done it before, if they have, they still have that option, you know, to to have have anonymity. Um, and I mean, the other thing that is convenient now is that back in the day, the whole subscription site, like OnlyFans, it wasn't really a thing, you know? I yeah. mean, and I'm, I'm not really talking about back in the day, because it's like, what, I've only, I'm only, I'm in my late 20s, it's not like I'm that old, but eight, five years ago, right? There wasn't OnlyFans, like the way it is now. Like there wasn't that option to just have your own content and monetize it. Like you kind of had to build a name for yourself by working for other companies, like working for other production sites, by having an an agent, right? That was how you built a name. And so I built a name, so to speak, like Mm -hmm. I don't consider myself a huge performer, right? But like people know who I am in the scene and I'm comfortable like with where I'm at, you know, I'm happy that I never shot more and more and became that huge because then people would kind of slowly identify me as that. Right. But, um, how pissed was the porn industry that OnlyFans came out? I mean, honestly, I think though, I think it was a mixed reaction because like the performers like it because it gives them more power, right? Like it gives them the ability to like monetize their own shit. Um, because, Porn companies don't really treat performers well. Like you don't get royalties, you know? Like That's you get, surprising. Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> 90%, maybe, if not, if not more. It, it's like you get a flat rate, you're a W9 employee, you're you're in no, you're an independent contractor and signed a 1099. And then you get taxed too. Like you'll get paid on set, right? But then you'll get fucking taxed. I mean, it's just, it's stupid. Like they steal from the performers, you know, and then they can use that footage forever and and you have nothing to say about it. 
I was going to ask about, yeah, I was going to ask about how the contracts work to like go into that though, too. It's like, I've always wondered, like they always say, everyone always says the porn industry is like a billion dollar business. How come there's like free videos? Like people can just go on to a website, watch a bunch of free videos. Like how are these companies even getting paid off that? Oh, that's a whole other thing. Like the tube sites, they're fucking thieves. I mean, like, you know, the owners of Pornhub and X videos and stuff like, yeah, they're billion. Some of these guys are, are millionaires. I mean, and, and maybe even billionaires. I don't know, but they literally just, it's kind of like YouTube, right? Yeah. I mean, like a lot of it's just like you get paid by views and I mean, performers can have their own channels and when they can upload their own videos and get paid per view. Right. So like I, I get checks every month from, from different channels, like for views from mm, stuff that I upload. Gotcha. But um, so a lot of these companies will upload teasers and stuff to kind of uh, persuade people to want to finish the video and go to the actual website where you can get the full length thing, you know, gotcha. or and, and photos and then behind the scenes stuff, like whatever, the whole experience. But let's face it, I mean, majority of people that are like on those sites they're not going to go out of their way to go on the another website and pay for a video. You know what I mean? People just want the free shit. Like they want the instant gratification. They want, they don't care about supporting the industry. They don't care about supporting the performers. These guys are just trying to bust their knot and move on with their day. Right. You know what I mean? Like majority of people. So the only fans thing is good. It's a positive, it's moving in the positive direction because it's allowing people to, to support the creator directly, you know? So, I mean, if that existed five years ago, five, six years ago, you know, when I was like in my Titans time, right? Mm -hmm. Who knows, you know, I, it it could have been a whole different perspective for me, like towards the industry. But, um, and so now like when people ask me about it, I'd say like, well, you have an advantage now because like you don't have to rely on production companies to be able to get involved in the industry. Like you can have your own shit, you can have your own website, right? Um, But I guess you could say the downside to that is with OnlyFans, it's very difficult to build subscribers if you don't already have a platform to promote it on, right? So like for me, fortunately, okay, like my Twitter and social media and like my following from the industry from over the years pushes right into my OnlyFans. You know, like people that know me from whatever, they're like, oh, she has an OnlyFans. I'm going to go, you know, see her private stuff. So that's, there's, there's leverage with both. You know what I mean? And people have to understand that. Like, it's not that easy to build a fan base on OnlyFans. The same, same way it's, it's not easy to build a social media following. You know what I mean? So yeah definitely changed the game and, and and it's gone full circle with other shit we also talked about like how there's pretty much like a text line now and like a like a sex line like when back in the day when people hit, would hit up the rotary phone and call like the 1-900 numbers like that they're doing that now right yeah i mean that's another thing like in addition to only fans you know it's like i don't shoot for companies anymore yeah um but i with my only fans and then there's a, a website sex panther where what? people can it's ridiculous which is like a great name i don't want to promote any company but that is a phenomenal name it is i mean it's it's hilarious um and i mean i've had a a very positive experience with them um because basically you know people can buy my number it's not my actual number but it gets right. relayed to my number so it's safe and it's 
been a really convenient way to just make extra money. Like I can choose when I want to sign in and turn the phone on and accept calls. And then you can send out like mass messages and all the people that subscribe to me on there will get this message and then it will, you know, inspire them to want to maybe jump on the phone. And then I get, I set my rate per minute, like what I want to charge people. And, you know, it's like an extra sometimes grand in my pocket every week, you know, 90% so, of the time you get off every time. I feel like that would be their tagline, right? Oh my God. <laughs> but isn't that an anchor man? Yeah. That's what sex Panthers. So I feel like that's what they obviously got that from that. Uh, so that's, that's a, that's a good little name. They got that. Um, yeah. I definitely, another question I wanted to ask is having relationships. Did you have a relationship through uh, your career? A personal okay, so one? I was going to actually get to this in Perfect. addition to your other question. Um, so when you were asking me, like, you know, was there an official time, like you kind of stepped out of the industry? Yeah. Well, so for me, after like years, really of hustling, I was so fucking lonely. Like I was so starved for connection. And I knew, I knew that I would not be able to have a normal relationship if I wasn't working in the industry. Like, I mean, some people, if they're into that, like by all means do you, but for me, I like the idea of monogamy um, and sharing one, you know, sharing myself with one person, right? Like as at least the base, like the main structure of the relationship, like, you know, occasionally having fun with other people. Like if, if both people are agreeing to do that, like that's something to be discussed. Right. But overall, like I personally thrive in monogamy. Like I like that because it's like one last thing I have to worry about. Like, you know, it's, it's nice to just be able to like share experiences and build a life with one person. Like, I love that. I thrive on it, but I could not achieve that. Like when I was shooting. Right. So I tried to like, occasionally date people, but it, it was always a hookup. Like it was, no one would take me seriously. Like most, most men that I was interested in would not take me seriously as a potential partner, like while I was doing that. And I knew that. And honestly, I didn't blame them because I couldn't fucking date a porn star, like no fucking way. I mean, that was the reason why I never dated anyone in the adult industry, because I'm kind of possessive. Like, I don't like to share my person like flat out you know? Um, and I'm comfortable saying that. And I feel like most people are that way. Um, so I kind of really had to wait. And when I was like 24, I was, I'm not gonna, I won't like mention names, but like I was got involved with this pretty professional metal musician and I was touring with them and it was a big issue in our relationship, you know, and he was, very intelligent, very successful in his own way. And he, I just remember some of the conversations we had. And I mean, I traveled all over the U S with them. I went to like in India with them. Like it was, it was an intense period of my life. Right. And it was one of my favorite bands. So that kind of changed my whole perspective. I'm like, cause he would always say, you know, he's like, you're too good for that industry. He's like, you're so talented. You're so smart. He's like, why are you giving yourself to the industry? Like they're, they're not, appreciating you like you know you're, you're getting right. taken advantage of and I mean he was right he was completely right and that relationship did not work out and he, he turned out to be a fucking douchebag but <laughs> um but the point was he really opened my eyes to the idea of being involved in environments where like I really am appreciated fully and I get to 
do what I really want to do, you know, and play drums, work in health, you know, start focusing on yoga, like actually utilizing myself and my life into passions and activities that are more meaningful, you know? So I started to do a lot of, uh, perspective changes, you know, and I started to think like, where do I want my life going? You know, like if I continue to work in the adult industry, I'm only further going to go down this hole and this path. And it's not what I want, you know, because yeah. I never wanted to be like a huge porn star. Like I was never like, Oh my God, I want to be a famous porn star. I want everyone to fuck me. Like it was never like that for me. It was like, <laughs> okay, this is a job. Like I'm making the most of it, like right. whatever, you know? Um, and I'm not going to say it didn't like boost my ego sometimes because it did. Right. But overall I knew like, this is not me. Like I never felt connected to the industry like that, you know? So I kind of started to bow out a little bit and I opened the doors for the ability to like have a relationship that was normal. And Around 24, 25, I did start dating. Um, and this was kind of like my exit, kind of. Um, I started dating uh, an older man, right? Like not like an, an older person that was able to financially kind of take care of, me, right? Like he offered, he offered to really stabilize me financially, give me a place to live and tell me like, you do not have to shoot anymore. You do not have to work in that industry if you're going to be with me. So I kind of accepted the opportunity, right? And I really liked him and cared about him and fell in love with him, you know, but it was sort of like, um, I don't want to say a sugar daddy type thing, but like, it was kind of like that, right? right. Um, and I'm very grateful that I had that experience at that age because he gave me stability, right? He gave me like the opportunity to sort of walk away from that and start to really focus on building my life in other areas. So I did that and I never took advantage of the situation like more than I, I could have, right? So like I, I stabilized my life, I saved more money and I started really just like working for nutrition companies and kind of building myself in that, in, in those industries. Um, and I started playing drums all the time, you know and just really getting in bands and playing shows. And so it was, a total kind of shift and my career and life started to change. Um, so that was that. And then the relationship didn't last for that long, maybe like less than a year. But Did he was, end up dying from being so old or no? No. <laughs> no, I mean, like, it wasn't like, you know, he was, okay. you know, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. Um, I was, you know, he was very attractive. Like it was a very like, it was a good relationship. I would have to say, I mean, I'm very grateful like for, for him being in my life at that time. Um, but then, you know, we kind of parted ways and we're still friends. You know, I just told them like, I don't, I, I just want to focus on my career. And, um, for sure. I was also living part-time in Vegas with him. So like I was going from LA to Vegas and I was sick of going back and forth. So I just, you know, we parted ways, and I moved hundred percent back to LA and, um, you know, got my own place again and just started focusing on myself again. But then I found myself <clears throat> in the same position. I was lonely, you know, and there was a period of time too. Like I, I, I still 
when I was kind of single again, right. I entertained the idea of like, Oh, maybe I should do another shoot, you know, or maybe I should, should do that. And like, so that was the tricky thing, you know, right. Cause there was never really a time where I'm like, I'm officially done. You know, like I never made an announcement on social media. Like I am done. I am retired. I never really did that. I just kind of like bowed out for yeah. periods of time and were, was focusing on other things. And then, you know, I would get an offer from like an agency or this or that, you know, and I'd be like, mm, like, think about it, you know, right. like, oh, okay. Like an extra couple grand, like, why not? You know? And then I would do it. But then I'd be like, oh, you know, what am I doing? Like, if I keep doing this, I'm just going to, it was confusing, you right. know? Um, but then I was living alone uh, in a guest house, actually in Simi Valley. And uh, it was a good experience. It was like, right, I was right on a mountain and I had a lot of privacy, but I was, you know, I found myself, I was very isolated and I was getting lonely again and I wanted to maybe date someone again. So I met one of my, I met my ex and he was, you know, around my age and worked in the music industry and was kind of like a normal guy, I guess you could say. Right. Um, and I stopped shooting. So like a lot of like the times I stopped shooting was when I would get into a romantic relationship. Right. Because like, I felt like I had to but yeah. also because I wanted to, but then that didn't work out, um, for several reasons. And we broke up last year and, um, I got another offer from browsers, uh, earlier in the year, you know, and I was very, very on the fence about it, but like they offered me a good amount and to basically play drums in the scene and, they always, you know, treated me very well on set. And so that was the last time I shot. And that was, well, I don't know, January or something or February. Um, that was the, the pinnacle for me. Like that was me realizing like, okay, um, I'm reaching the end of my twenties. Like, right. I wanted to be completely done shooting by like 29, 30 that was like my goal. I would never shoot past that age. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I chose to do it so I could completely, cause I hadn't shot in almost two years before that. And I needed to know if I was mentally officially done. Right. Because like, that was, that, that was basically like the, the best type of scene I could have done, like as far as being treated well and, and, you know, shooting something that was not that, uh, was, wasn't miserable. You know what I mean? Like, like I was able to showcase myself in a positive light. Um, I needed to know, um, what was going on, like in my head and I shot it and I realized like, okay, I'm done. Like, and, and not because I, you know, it was, it was a fine experience. It was positive. Like there was nothing negative to say about it. Um, but I realized like, okay, like I'm, I'm officially done. Like I don't need this anymore, you know? And I, I'm very much ready to move on to the next chapter in my life. So now I can say I'm officially done. You know what I mean? But it took me like one Hell time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and also because like I was beginning to date someone that I really care about. And, and like him and I had some really intense discussions about it. And he was very upset about it. But like he understood like I had to do what I had to do. But um, 
Yeah. Hold up, hold up for one second. Are you officially retiring on this interview or what? Well, I mean, from shooting with other companies. Yeah. Okay, okay. You I'll know, take but it. like, I'll take it. But you know what I'm saying? No, like, I know, I, for sure. I, st- I still have my OnlyFans, and I still shoot custom videos. And but you're retired from dealing with shitty people. Yeah, that's perfect. I know yeah. a question a lot of people asked. Um, because I was asking a lot of people, like, what would they would want to hear? I've always thought this too. So, ha- being in a relationship, you're in a relationship now, correct? So, I, yeah. with, it, with it being different, like, you're not like 100% in the industry. So, for someone that you might have heard this from a friend or not, so you're in a scene, you have sex, and then you're with somebody when you get home. It's like, how, how does that sex translate? You go from like, let's say, like fucking to like making love. Like, like how does that work for that person that's not in the industry? Like, well, I mean, it really depends on the people, right? Yeah. Cause like there's some people that like, I don't know, they're, they're, they're into that. Or maybe they, they have a polyamorous, like they, they're polyamorous or maybe like they have an open relationship. Right, like, right. I, it, it, dep- it depends on the confines of the relationship, right? Like some people are just different, like how they view, view things for me. Like I, I, I feel like if I was in that position, I would feel super uncomfortable. Like right. I wouldn't, I couldn't deal with it because it's yeah. almost like, wow, like the, the connection I have with this person, like the intimacy that I share and it's supposed to be just ours is now given to someone else. Like, you know, and yeah, yeah. even if people look at it as like, it's a job, you know, I'm not like in love with this person, but still like you're sharing your body and your sex, your sexuality with someone else, you know? If- if I was in that position, I'd be like, am I being good enough? Like, are you enjoying the sex at work and not enjoying it at home? Like, that's how my mind would be. And I'd drive myself fucking crazy. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think most people would feel that way, you know, yeah. especially like it's just it, it causes a lot of insecurity, you know, in, in people, which is like the worst part. Um, yeah. So, you know, I I chose myself to never be involved in that in that situation. And you know, I can say like, I really never put anyone through that because like I actively, I mean, well, with the extent of like shooting this last video, you know, I felt very bad, like about the person I'm with, you know, because even though it was in the super early stages, like, you know, he kind of was, was like, why, like, why do you have to do that? And I kind of had to explain to him, like, you know, I have to do this for myself because it's like, I've dealt with this industry for so many years and it's, it's kind of a matter of like, I need to finalize in my brain that like, I do not want to rely on this anymore to make money. You know what I mean? And, um, or, and it wasn't, it's, it's not even just the money too. Like a lot of it is social media exposure, right? Like when you shoot, like when I would shoot for bigger companies, I would get a huge jump in, in followers. Like I'm talking like sometimes 20,000, Oh shit. You know, in a matter of a couple of days. And it happened. Like I got a huge jump from shooting this video. And I expected that. But I kind of realized like it's not worth it. Because I mean, like the, the the jump I'm getting are from viewers that are associating me with adult work, you know, and like that's not how I want to be represented. Yeah. And I mean, maybe like there was a point in my life like earlier on that I didn't care as much like where the following was coming from because it's like whatever it's growing but now I'm kind of like it's good to be selective right and it's like so much of a fan base that's like oh shoot more porn you know like we love you naked like it's it's so easy 
yeah if like that's the only thing like that they see me as like that's not what i want you know like i want people to recognize that i'm a talented musician and you know i have a lot of knowledge and experience like working in nutrition and yoga and i want to help people like that's how i want to be seen you know as you know a creative person that yeah like went down that path but no longer no longer connects to or, or associates yourself with that Right. You're actually a great drummer. I've seen a bunch of your videos. To uh, kind of backtrack a tad on like the mental health through your career, did you ever feel suicidal in a way? Because I've seen a bunch of articles where a lot of uh, like adult industry actresses or actors too, I don't know if it was actors, but killed themselves. Like, were you ever like that? And two, what, do you know what their thought process might have been or was it just a huge surprise? Um, I mean, I think it's always a surprise, you know, when like someone gets to that point because i mean yeah. i've i've lost an ex from suicide and it's 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 definitely yeah it, it's it's a devastating thing i mean right because like in my mind no matter how bad things get there's always the possibility to improve and change and like okay like you, you know the, there is light at the end of the tunnel like even when you're surrounded by darkness and you feel like you're never going to get out like you will you know and and it, it a lot of it depends on just the actions you choose to take moving forward and i've definitely been at super low points you know where i've i thought about killing myself absolutely like before i moved out to california when i was getting bullied i was totally suicidal like maybe not to the point of like standing in front of a train track ready to jump. Right? right. But like, definitely to the point where I'm like, I feel worthless. I feel like I embarrassed my family. I feel like I'm a laughing stock. I'm, I'm, I fucked my life up. Like I ruined my life. You know, I've definitely been like at that mental point, but there's a deeper, stronger part of me that when I'm faced with negativity, I have this internal, need to turn it into positive fuel. Like, it's like, I, I won't allow myself to continue to stay in that state because I know I can get through this, right? Like, I feel like I'm, I'm a warrior, you know, like I can get through it and I'm going to use this to make become stronger and then to help other people. Like that's, I'm going to do that, you know? So like, I would always talk myself out of it. Right. And a lot of time it was alone, you know, like there's been plenty of times I should have seen a therapist you know what i yeah. mean but like i just went hiking or would do you know sometimes i'd go camping and hiking for days like and i would just literally spend so much time alone with myself until i got out of it you know and i'd cry and scream and yell at myself you know but it was like this suffering that i had to go through in order to see light and i'm fortunate that like i have that strain but I know a lot of people that don't, right. and I'm, I'm not saying they're, they're less or weaker people, but like, they just couldn't find that inner strength enough to rectify or get out of the situation. And it's a shame because those people really could have used mental health help, like you yeah. know, health from other people. I mean, even just a friend saying like, Hey, like, we're going to get you out of this. Like, let's go to a therapist. Let's go to a group meeting you know, but like, sometimes there's not always that outlet. And like, a lot of people don't want to pay for therapists, you know, yeah. a lot of like, even seeing a psychiatrist or a therapist, it's expensive, you know. So some people don't like want to go out of their way to do that. And I think like, you know, 
having more online or online access or free services that can help people like when they're in a situation like that is really important um but paying for it is tough that's a, a lot of people deter from it and the mental health like care system is just terrible but it's like no fault yeah. anyone's own but like it should be uh re-evaluated <laughs> like totally totally especially now like young kids have all like this anxiety from social media and like the online bullying like i don't oh, think yeah. i don't think people realize like how rampant it really is you know what i mean and it's only getting worse but and a lot of it you know people some people don't even have health care like some yeah. people don't even have health care to even get a therapist that is going to be paid for by their insurance that's what i was going to ask so being in the adult industry like what do you guys do for health insurance you just pay out of pocket yeah, I'm sorry, I'm blotting my face. Um, no, it's cool. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're just oil blotting sheets. But um, oh no, I mean, there's no healthcare. Yeah, that's another. That's a whole other thing. I mean, like, oh my god, it's like such a scam. I mean, there's you can't even use your own health insurance to pay for testing. Like, you have to go through two services to get tested. Once your tests are in the pool, they go, they get sent to agencies and the production companies so they can pull their tests and say, oh, okay, she's clean, right? You have to pay 155 bucks out of pocket twice a month, every time you go, like in order to be persistent and able to shoot for a company. It's, it's a fucking joke, you know? I mean, that's like a car payment every month that oh, you're yeah. doing, you know? Um, yeah, I was curious oh. about that. If like STDs were like a big uh, problem in in the uh, industry, and it's like once if someone's like, I ain't fucking paying it this month, I'll take a chance. Oh yeah, I mean that's another thing, right? I mean, there's so many levels. I have so many questions. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> I spoke about this in like some of the videos I made, but like the regulations that it's another, it's a joke, right? Like for for instance, they don't test for herpes. That's number one, right? Everyone they, they assume everyone in the industry has herpes. Because most people do. And I'm not talking like cold sores. I'm talking about simplex too. HSV2, right? So like under the belt, I mean, it's a very common thing for performers to have genital herpes. Like, you know, knock on wood, you know, thank God I've never gotten STD in porn, but because um, I've been super careful and I would actually, a lot of people didn't really like working with me because, well, I would make them get a fresh test before my shoot because then I know, okay, they like just got tested. They don't have anything, but like what people don't realize when, when performers would get a test, um, it, it's valid for two weeks, 14 days. So in that time frame, you could be shooting or having sex with people all, every day. Yeah. And like, true. just be, just because you got tested on Monday, if you go and, fuck fred and and nancy on wednesday and then shoot on friday you could have contracted something on wednesday but then you're shooting with with scott on friday you fucking know what i'm fred, saying fucking like, fred and nancy man <laughs> i mean i'm just making up these names but like but you, you see my point right so yeah. there's like always a risk that you're going to contract something and i mean people popping chlamydia and gonorrhea is a super common thing i mean and then it's just you're abusing and uh, you're you're abusing just medication antibiotics like it, it's just it's a terrible cycle right i've always not said this okay no keep going oh no sorry but like not to mention just like you know women like sometimes the risks like of some of the shoots right like with anal and i've seen performers prolapse on set 
like I've seen some really fucked up stuff happen like with human bodies on set that like is not normal and and like it's it's such it's 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 a thing that like oh oh no big deal like you know it's just it amazes me that like people don't realize the physical risks that exist too from shooting so yeah that's uh I, i wouldn't think that what i was gonna say earlier was i feel like this is a good telltale sign if someone has an std if they can't spell gonorrhea or chlamydia correctly they probably don't have it because if you can spell it correctly you've dealt with it for some shit (laughs) yeah i mean it's this that's always kind of disturbed me you know um but people when you're in that position and i've known some performers i'm not going to mention names but like I've really lost respect for some, some performers because like to them, they'll risk someone else's health yeah. just to make money. Fred like, you know, <laughs> like I, I knew, I knew a guy that literally had herpes on his dick and he's like, Oh, it's fine. You know? <sighs> and, 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 and goes to set like pieces I, of shit. I mean, like literally oh. I was, I, I was in, I was in fucking shock, you know, yeah. that like, but yeah. So, I mean, like those are, are just other negative things that people don't really think about, but they exist. You know? All right. Perfect segue. We're going to go into positive things. So I think with health we and I, we, we talked about this too. I feel like everyone in the mental health that wants to get better yoga, yoga is phenomenal. So I think with the health and wellness, you wanting to help other people and obviously drumming, it's like, that's what kept you going. That's what got you out of the dark. Is that safe to say? Yes. I mean, there are definitely two outlets for me that I am just so grateful for in, in my life. I mean, for me mainly, okay, like a little just backstory. I mean, like sure. I grew up in a very athletic household. I mean, all my siblings were all athletes. I played soccer most of my life. I dirt biked, I did gymnastics, you know, like I was very active. And, um, I used sports and just outdoor activities as such a good out, an outlet for me, you know, growing up, cause I had so much energy as a kid and I still do. I mean, I have so much energy that I need outlets to put it in. Right. But over the years, I've kind of fine tuned those outlets and realized that like they, the outlets offer different things for me. So for me, like nature, hiking, being outdoors, that's one of my top priorities like as far as exercise like i love hiking i love walking i love you know just just experiencing your instagram is a lot like that i see a lot of that and then uh you just got back from a vacation as well so being outdoors is a great feeling yeah i mean water sports swimming like i love nature and you know with my dog like i love giving him the option too to be outside it's like a win-win right um that but then with yoga and and dancing i'd say because i love dancing those are outlets for me that really help me release more of my feminine energy, you know, in a way that's like, I get to kind of learn more about like my sensuality. I mean, also physical strength, you know, and endurance, but those are our outlets that I can channel like my, my sexuality even and positive, like my positive feminine feminism into an outlet that I'm achieving like a tangible outcome, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's been very important for me. Same, same thing, but on the other side of the spectrum, like I do have a lot of aggression and I have masculine energy, right. That I need to get out. And 
for, for me, drumming is literally the perfect outlet for that. Cause I mean, I can take any anger or frustration and aggression that I have and channel it like into my drumming. And a lot of the drumming I do is more metal and heavy. So it's great. Like the music helps me balance those emotions out. Um, so as far as mental health, I mean, those are such important outlets for me. I mean, I wouldn't be the same. I wouldn't be the person I am today. Like if I didn't have those outlets. Yeah. It's the toughest part is getting yourself going to one of those things. Cause you're like, Oh, everything sucks, blah, blah, blah. But once you, like, you get that body in motion, you just keep on doing it. It's the best. Great thing about drummers. I feel like any band that you see, the band sucks. Everyone always says this, like, Oh, at least the drum is good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like in my mind, the drumming is kind of like, it's the glue. You know what I mean? Like oh, if yeah. you have a drummer that's terrible and like can't keep a beat and is not on time it's just the whole thing's gonna sound like shit you know yeah so yeah but like it also it's helped me really have um more faith and confidence in myself with drumming because i'm being relied on as a musician like in, in bands i you know being in, in bands and projects people are relying on me to do a job you know like they're relying on me to do something that in a group you know, so it's this group effort. We're all working to, together to achieve a goal, which is to produce music for other people to listen to, you know? So like, I love that aspect of it. Like it's a very social positive thing for me that like helps me feel appreciated, um, which, you know, I don't really feel sometimes like in other industries. Um, and I mean, similarly with nutrition and health, like when I get to counsel people and I have clients, I mean, it's an amazing feeling to encourage someone to make positive changes and improve their diet and their life. And for people to come back to me a couple of weeks or a month later and be like, Hey, you know, I did everything you told me to do. I'm, I'm down 10 pounds. You know, it's like, I, I have so much more energy. Like it's, it's amazing. Like that gives me so much inspiration to like keep going. And yeah, like it just makes me feel like I have a greater purpose and that's beyond me, you know, in this life. You're doing a great job with that. And I have a good question for you. It might be a little bit hard. So you're doing a great job helping as many people as you can. How could you help break the stigma of mental health? Like what is something else that, that you could possibly do uh, to outreach more people? Well, one thing I've always felt really strongly about, and it saddens me that men expect like men in society are looked at sometimes as weaker like if they show a lot of vulnerability and emotions or if they cry you know what i mean like like oh yeah i know what you mean yeah like society almost tells you like no be a man you can't cry like keep it together you know i i hate that i fucking hate it because Same. like it's so sad it doesn't matter what gender you are like it, it matters you're a human being and you have emotions and you are entitled to have them and express them yep. you know and and a lot of the violence and anger that you see exists like from say men right in society in public like doing these shootings and, and things like that it's because they didn't have the fucking outlet or the the ability to express themselves in a positive and healthy way so that's something that i really want to see progression in because it's a beautiful thing. Like when a man can feel comfortable crying or, or like being able to express his emotions, like that is so healthy. It's so important. Like 
and in, in relationships too, right? Like a couple, like I'm, I'm, I'm all for like individuals in a relationship, like whatever balance they achieve, you know, like I, I'm not into the whole, like, okay, a man has to do this and a woman has to do this. Like sometimes roles are, are interchangeable. And, and, but I do feel like, you know, there's a natural kind of primal order that happens when like a man sometimes feels more inclined to take care of the woman. Right. Like that's a very natural thing, but if a man feels like he can't be vulnerable and like express his emotions with his partner, like that's wrong, you know, because like both people should have the same opportunity to express their emotions. So it's like, that's something I really want to try to break the stigma with, you know, and, and, and help, help people realize that like, okay, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or however you identify yourself. Like you have, like you are able to express your emotions. You know? That's pre- that's pretty much what my episodes are like on Tuesdays. It's pretty much almost me just crying every week. So I, I know exactly what you feel. <laughs> and, I, and I like the whole like uh, gender roles. It's like, yeah, like you can do certain things. So when we get groceries, I tell my wife, I'm like, okay, you can carry them all in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like I, I love feeling like protected and that, you know, my man likes to do things for me and, but I'm also super generous too. And like, I love to do things for my man and take care of him and nurture him, you know? And like, I like having a nurturing role, but a man should also feel like he's in a safe space with his partner that if he needs to cry, if he needs to let emotions out, like do it. Like you, I want you to do that. You know, I mean, I won't get too personal, but like, yeah, I mean, like my, um, my boyfriend and I are, are very emotionally expressive. Like he, you know, we cry in front of each other. We, we have amazingly deep conversations, you know, that honestly, I think are so beautiful, you know, and, and it saddens me that like a lot of couples, they're not able to kind of achieve that because like, they're afraid of really being vulnerable or being seen in a way that they may appear weak, you know, like vulnerability is not weakness. Vulnerability is strength. Like you're choosing to expose yourself in a way to be judged. Like that is strength. And people don't understand that sometimes, you know? So yeah, I'd say like that to me needs to be changed. Like there needs to be more awareness about that. I agree that when you hold things over, it just spills out. So it's like, you're going to hold that in and then you're just going to go fucking crazy, lose your mind. And then you're going to be crying and blacking out, which that's happened to me. I didn't use, I used to hold everything in. And then once I started opening up, telling friends, like not caring what people judged me, and then like people start coming out of the woodwork, you're like, yo, like I'm fucked up too. Like I'm with you on that. So it is, it is good for, for people like that to, uh, to open up. Totally. I mean, and also, you know, like, cause I've been, I guess growing up being an athlete, like I, I was, my parents, I love my parents. I have great parents, but they're very motivated, strong, strict, you know, like they're very much like keep your shit together, do your, do what you have to do. Um, so I felt like trained a little bit to keep it together, you know, and I'm a very emotional person. And so growing up, I really learned to use my outlets as a way to get healthy energy out. And like, like I was talking before with the feminine energy, like for me, like dancing and doing yoga and, you know, training my body and opening my body up in ways like has been so helpful for me in releasing negative emotions, you know, and, and learning just about my physicality. And I feel like that's really beneficial for people 
in general, like just to become more comfortable, like with their own body, um, especially men. Cause I've noticed a lot of times too, same, same reason why a lot of men are afraid of being judged for crying or expressing their emotions. It's also dancing, right? Like I love when I see men dancing. I, oh, think I fucking was, love dancing. I'm a phenomenal wedding dancer. If anyone needs a wedding partner, I'll fucking tear up a rug. Like, I love that because it's like, you know, I mean, women too, like, it doesn't matter. Like, like I said, humans, but like a lot of times I feel like men are sometimes like more closed off with like physical, you know, with dancing. Cause they don't want to be judged or they don't want to feel like, Oh, that's gay. You know, like yeah, men yeah, don't yeah. dance. It's like, it's so stupid, you know, cause Dancing is, is one of the most beautiful, liberating things that we can do with our bodies. Right. You, know? you can dance with the opposite sex. So that kind of defeats what you're saying. You know what I mean? So I love dancing. Dancing, karaoke. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And that's so good. You know, and I feel like there needs to be more, um, more promoting men, like he healthy mental health, especially for men. Because I feel like with women, like women are it's, it's a, a normal thing for women to be crying and into expressing their emotions. Right. But like, there needs to be more awareness about around men, like expressing that it's okay to let your emotions out in a healthy way. Like it's okay to cry. It's okay to be vulnerable. Like that's important. Like that makes you more available to, to other people to have healthier relationships. So yeah, that's something I feel strongly about. Awesome. And I'm, I'm with you on that. I got, I got you back. Let's have a little fun before we wrap up. You first off, this is going to be my record-breaking interview lengthwise, and I, I and told I could, you, I couldn't be happier <laughs> about it. This is great. So you're going to be going down in the history book. So hopefully, no one breaks it. Now, I like to I like to get into the other side of things. Have you been Have you been to one of those like sex cons or porn cons, like those conventions where you have to meet fans? Yeah, I mean, okay. I've, I've I've worked a bunch of them in the past. Yes, this is one of my favorite parts because fans are fucking crazy. So. <laughs> What are some interactions you've had and what are some things that people have asked or said to you? Well, okay. I mean, there's been a few times people have like asked to literally buy my underwear off of me, like at the convention, right? which I actually did one time. I sold a pair of my underwear for a thousand bucks. Fuck like, yeah. Get it girl. It was, it was fucking awesome. I was just like, I like these underwear. I'm wearing them. I don't want to walk around without underwear. So thousand bucks. And the guy was like, hmm, he's like, that's kind of a lot. And I'm like, sorry. And then he came back, thousand dollars, thousand dollars in cash. That was hilarious. But then also similarly, this this wasn't as one at, at one of those, but I was playing a show actually with one of my old bands. Um, we were playing at Whiskey A Go-Go. This was like four years ago. And someone emailed me prior to the show and asked, like, hey. I'm a big fan. I really want to see you drumming. Like I live in LA. He's like, could I buy your socks off of you after you play? And <laughs> I mean, I'm like, okay. Cause I mean, for me, that was like kind of crossing. Uh, Did a you, was this a transaction? Well, I was, a, I sell a lot of my used clothes oh, online, okay. right? Like it's a regular thing for me. Um, it's like, good extra money every month but yeah fuck it um, just close i just i picture like someone doing a transaction in like the alley of the back of the back of the uh, venue well i told them the like, socks yeah i told them like okay like this is what we'll do um so i don't want to be like taking money from you at at the venue yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know and because this is like music my friends are there you know like my bandmates are there i mean my yeah. bandmates can give a fuck but like 
I told him like, all right, um, so PayPal me, uh, we'll do the transaction now. And then it's up to you. If you're going to show up and you want them, I literally will take my socks off after I'm done playing and hand them to you. I was like, if that's what you want. And so he paid me. Uh, so I had the money already. So honestly, there was no, no risk to me, except yeah. I was just going to have to deal with some weird guy in person. Um, but I felt protected, right. And there's security yeah, yeah, yeah. there, you know, like, um, so yeah, he showed up and after our set, I got off stage and he's, he's just very awkwardly, like quietly came up to me. He's like, hi, like I'm Evan. I was emailing you about the socks, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And I gave it to him. How and old then, was he? They had a guess. Uh, he was probably like late forties. Okay, that's what I was picturing. Oh man, did you sign them? You should have signed the socks. I I didn't, but I, I had oh. actually. I I gave him like a, I had a little like, uh, signed picture thing. Eight by ten. You know. I yeah, was at the uh, at the con- five by seven. <laughs> oh wow! You didn't give me eight by ten to five by seven. You like you got the socks, pal. You only getting a five by seven. I, <laughs> I always like the photos, and this happens with like wrestlers, actresses, like everybody. It's like you get a picture with a fan, and he'll do like the hover hand, where like he doesn't want to touch you because he's nervous about getting in trouble. I always get a, like, a kick out of that. Obviously, you would rather that than some other guy like groping you, but I, I always get a huge kick out of that move. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely had some people like cross the line a little bit, like at an expo, you know, oh, like you know, because like you, you either I usually charge like five bucks to take a photo or something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or like I'll give them a print for free, but then like if they want to take a photo, they'll I'll charge them. Um, and I remember, yeah, this one guy, like I just don't understand why he thought it was okay. But like, we're like taking a photo and he literally just grabs my ass. And I just remember like pushing him off and I'm like, can you not do that? Yeah. You know, I was like, like I was pissed. Cause it's just like, what, just because I, I work in the adult industry, like you think it's okay. You can just grab my ass. Like in that public. goes back to our psychology thing where it's like, you see something, you just mm-hmm. go with it. So they think it's okay. I know. Like I wanted to slap this guy. I mean, I just told him like, just get away. Like, like get the fuck out. Like, but yeah, I mean, but overall, like I haven't, you know, at like public events and stuff like that, it's been fairly fine, you know? Yeah. I just had to ask. Those are mostly tolerable. Those are my favorite types of like, uh, like, interactions i just think they're so funny to me um all right next they're question hilarious oh I, I, i'm gonna if you ever come out to massachusetts me and my wife are going i'm just gonna people watch i'm not gonna talk to anybody i'm just gonna get a lawn chair and sit out front and just watch all the people walk in <laughs> <laughs> i just want to see them um now with obviously uh felicity's not your real name we're not gonna say your real name but was there like how do you come up with names and then if you come up with a name and someone else has it is it like a cutthroat type of thing is there a lot of shit talking because i know with drag queens if you come up with like the same name as somebody like they'll fly out and kick the shit out of you and i have the greatest <laughs> name if i was a drag queen um in the industry or a uh, roller derby girl my first name would be sue and my last name would be plex suplex <laughs> talking money right that's hilarious um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely weird um, energy that happens if someone chooses a name that's similar, like to someone else's. I mean, and, and you'll most likely get like called out. I mean, there's definitely Twitter wars that happen and yeah, drama, you know, drama. Yeah, um, for me, I've Felicity. I mainly chose that. I mean, I'll just 
kind of explain really quick, but like felicity as a noun means state of happiness, right? It's an actual noun. Um, and so I like the idea of, you know, having sort of an identity where I'm achieving, I'm choosing to achieve ultimate level of happiness, right? So that's felicity. The whole feline thing, it's funny, but I've always just, I've, I love cats. I love felines. And I've always felt like a lot of my sexual energy is kind of cat-like, like like a female prowess, like just, just very sensual movements. I've always loved how cats move and, and just their bodies, like they're just sleek, they're smooth muscles. Like I just, I've always been fascinated with felines. Um, I felt, I feel like I've definitely had feline past lives, like in, in, in past, yeah, past life experience. Um, but then also as a kid, the first time I ever felt sexually aroused, like I felt like something's going on down there. I was watching the Lion King and Simba and Nala were like wrestling and they were on top of each Nala other. Nala was hot. <laughs> Nala like licked Simba. And I just remember as a kid, I'm like, woo, because we would always play like me and my friends as, as little kids, like lions, we, I would always pretend to be lions and, you know, play animals and stuff. And so I don't know, I just identified like a strong sexual presence that was cat-like. Um, I think the same the thing happened to me with Who Framed Roger Rabbit with Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, like, I feel like that's a common thing, definitely. Very common. So I think my name would be like Suplex Rabbit or some shit. <laughs> yeah but i mean that's kind of why you know um and i wanted to sound animated like just kind of like a fictional fun character you know like the whole like the whole like sexy names like you know no princess like or like just like silly stupid names like i never really wanted to be that you know like the whole like feline thing it's like feline, yeah, you know have you done the basic halloween costume of a cat though Yes. Oh, yeah, you did. Of course. Of course. Uh, Honestly, if I don't know what to be every year, that's my default. You ain't kitten. Yeah, but I I usually go all out, though. I have to say, like, it's like I go beyond and I'll get, um, I paint, I'll do like full body, like paint. Like I'll do, I'll get charcoal and I'll make, make my own natural paint and I'll just cover my whole face and my body. Like one time I literally covered my entire fucking body with charcoal um and water and like was just black like I was a black cat and 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 I was naked like other than like underwear and I was just I had a house party and it was wild like people thought it was hysterical um I like to go all out I got I'll send you a photo of my two cats I love my cats I got a a Persian and like a Maine Coon and they're just the best I'm like a house cat I'm I'm like a cat too but I'm like a house cat where I take naps all day wake up look out the window run around (laughs) clean myself and go right back to bed so I I know how it is to be a cat what do you you, what's your favorite cat like 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 panther jaguar like what did you go to or just a lion that's tough I mean I love lions I love snow leopards Um, those are good those are good yeah I mean I love jaguars I love, I love a good does. panther. I think a plant, panther is just so sleek, and their and their coat is just like so shiny. Jungle Book. I'm a. I'm going panther. Yeah, I love I love panthers. Oh, actually, recently there's um, uh, in Northern California in Fresno, there's a wild cat sanctuary, uh, that my my boyfriend's sister she works at. So we went and visited there, and we just got to walk around. There's just big cats everywhere. It was so cool. But she volunteers there, so she feeds them. 
That's it's fucking so, awesome. So sick. I know. I love I love zoos and animals. My favorite animal is a koala bit. It's not really that badass. So Oh, they're cute. I, I I've been to Australia and uh I got a I got a hold one. It was pretty cute. Dude, that is my fucking dream, and I'm so jealous of you. But what's even funnier is koala bears couldn't be in porn because they all have chlamydia. Oh yeah, I heard about that. They'd be the worst porn stars. And the same thing with uh porn stars from Boston. I feel like we talked about this too, where I was like, How come there's no porn stars from Boston where they're like, fuck me harder guy? <laughs> <laughs> Totally. <laughs> you never see that. You never see that. All right, just a couple more questions. I like to ask these questions with people. I usually like to ask a Mount Rushmore of uh, things that they're a fan of. So obviously being a drummer, who who are like four of your favorite drummers or just even bands? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's, that's tough. Um, I mean, Pink Floyd, uh, Nick Mason, because Pink Floyd is one of my favorite drum uh, Pink Floyd is one of my favorite bands. Like they've yeah. been forever. Um, so, I mean, I like him because he's an amazing percussionist. Like he's not just a drummer, you know? So I would say him. Um, I mean, traditionally, like I'd say like Bono, right? From from Led Zeppelin. Um, uh, I'd say Steve Copeland from The Police. Um, I'd so you know say, your music. You know your music. Yeah, I mean, Neil Peart from Rush. Like, like those yeah, are like tra- for that. From like tra- 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 traditional, you know, drummer, drumming. Um, oh, I think I said Bono. I meant Bono. I know. I was going to say that. I was like, you said Bono. I was like, I think she meant uh, John Bono. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I like Bono, but not not that much. I was like, he plays the um, drums? Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, and then like for metal, like metal music. I mean, uh, when Chris Adler was still with Lamb of God, like he was one of my favorite drummers. What about Joey uh, Jordison from Slipknot? Yeah, I mean that was sad, you know, yeah. the whole him passing. Yeah, definitely him. He's he's was amazing. Um, Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater, like who's also from Long Island, he's a friend of mine. What about um, Travis Baca? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I respect him a lot. I never really got that into Blink One Eighty Two, you know. But I mean, I liked them as a kid. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he like pioneered. I feel like a whole genre of of drumming. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'd say like those are probably some of my favorite, but I, I listen to so many, so much different music that I feel like I'm just constantly trying to get inspired, you know, by different styles of drumming. I always love, um, cause I'm a big hip hop guy when like you can drum to like rap beats and stuff like Travis Barker does that. I'm like a huge fan of that type of stuff. I like all music totally. as well. Um, but the percussions and drums is just always fucking badass when you do like that, like quick thing and you're hitting the kick drum or the fuck it's called. And there's like symbols and shit. I can't do that. It just reminds me of the octopus and little mermaid. I mean, it's, it's all muscle memory. That's the thing. Like it just takes so much time to just adapt and, and your muscles learn like multi limbs you know and it's just over time it just becomes second nature you know um but i was gonna say like yeah like as much as like i love metal and psychedelic rock like those are my two favorite genres um but i love like i like a lot of electronic music like down tempo you know yoga dub stuff um but playing along with that is so fun because like there's no vocals um and it's just it's like these artificial beats that it's like a constant metronome because it's like very persistent timing, like the electronic music. So it's really good practicing. Like I, I actually really like to listen to electronic music on headphones and play a lot to like warm up. But yeah, I mean, I love drumming. 
That's pretty badass. Yeah, I made a reference to the Little Mermaid. I think that was my first time. I think I transitioned to uh, Ariel to Jessica Rabbit. So I think that's why I kind of like redheads. My wife's not a redhead, so she's not going to like this spot. But I think that's what happened. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. <laughs> now, what would be – so I asked this, too, because I'm a huge wrestling fan. So if you came out, Felicity's coming out to, like, a boxing match, wrestling match, and the music hits, like, your personal music, what song would it be? Oh, Damn, that's really tough. Earlier, um, when you said the word warrior, I was thinking Patty Smith warrior. But again, uh, this is your pick. This is your pick. I mean, honestly, I would probably pick some nerdy fucking like dream theater song, like like a heavy prog metal song, or like Porcupine Tree has a few of these like super heavy proggy. I don't know. Um, this is the toughest question of the day. Shit. Well, because it's like I there's so many songs I love, or like maybe like a Lamb of God song off of Ashes of the Wake, like that album is like my pump up album. You know, it's yeah. like I need to get like, who you know, um, like run through a brick wall. Yeah, I'd probably maybe like for for that type of event, maybe like a Lamb of God song. All right, perfect. I like. But yeah, it. now you've now you've got something to die for. That that song probably perfect. I like. I'm glad you came with like a like an answer. I love it. Okay, so so where can everyone find your music? Like band names, like where can people find that? Yeah, um, so I have a bunch of stuff on my YouTube. Okay. You know, um, I'll like, tag that all in the show notes and everything so people can click it. Yeah, I mean, like like personal clips that I upload, a lot of just jams and warm-ups and stuff from shows, like, yeah, a bunch of shit on YouTube. Uh, but then bands... I'm in a two-piece metal band called um, Constraints of Light. Uh, we're putting out our second EP in the next few months. Um, Distorted Pony, um, uh, like they're like a psych rock band. I was with them. Um, and then I'm in a new project called Alton, like A-L-T-U-N. Okay. Um, and that's more like pop, psychedelic rock. Um, but yeah, those are like the newer, the, the newer things I'm in. So definitely check it out now we're going to end with this three things that you're grateful for today day um well i mean superficially i'm very grateful that my new furniture came today so i feel like i finally have a better sense of home like yeah. in this in this new place um i am very grateful for my dog because he's like the most sweetest purest little animal i could have ever brought into my life what breed and what name okay so i have a yorkshire terrier and his name is felly jones i dig it well, what's that name from you just uh well i had some friends that called me felly and it was just a joke uh but i thought it would be really cute to have a little scrappy male yorkie and name him felly because they used to call um, gangsters fellies, like back in the Prohibition era in New York City. <clears throat> you have a lot of good facts today. I'm learning a lot. <laughs> I didn't know felicity was a word and what it meant. So this is this is great. <laughs> a lot of people don't. Oh, that's funny. And what's your third thing you're grateful for today? Uh, third thing I'm grateful for, I would say... Damn, um, the nice weather in California, honestly. Just because, like, I was outside before on the roof tanning and doing yoga, and I just felt so good. Like, it's just so nice to have have adequate sunlight all the time. 
Every person I've interviewed from California always says they love the weather and it makes me so jealous because you know how it is in the East Coast, Northeast. It's fucking one or the other. It's the oven's too hot or it's ice cold. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's just like growing up on the East Coast, it was a beautiful place to grow up. I'm grateful for that. But um, yeah, the humidity and the cold, it just didn't really work for me. Like I never really felt healthy and vi- like a lot of vitality that way. And like when I moved out to the West Coast, I just, I like the dry heat. Yeah. You know, it's not for everyone, but definitely works with my body. Everyone seems to enjoy it. All right. My name is Tim McCarthy, host of the podcast, 2010 Minutes. Felicity, I thank you so much for chatting with me. Again, you broke, you shattered the record of length on this interview, and I love it because it was not, there was no lulls in this thing. Learned a lot, <laughs> made a new friend, and I absolutely love it. So, Felicity, I thank you so much. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I had a great time. Awesome. Thank you, and take care. Bye. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.